Good music for the soul is what you're trying to find To ease the stress from the grind when it's time to unwind Then look no further, cause we got just what you need Doctor's orders, call me in the morning, take two of these And if you're having withdrawals from music addiction All you have to do is call and we can fill your prescription No symptoms, cause we got just what you need Doctor's orders, call me in the morning, rinse and repeat My guest today is... Amerigo Gasway. Amerigo is a triple threat in the music world as a skilled DJ, producer, and MC. With a process the LA Times Randall Roberts described as drawing a different design within a similar framework, his innovative mashup productions such as Fela Soul and The Miseducation of Eunice Wayman seamlessly blend elements of funk, jazz, and classic soul and hip-hop to create a sound that is both nostalgic and modern. On stage, Amerigo's performances are enhanced by his skills as an MC, captivating, audi- <laughs> captivating audiences with his sharp lyrical delivery and charismatic stage presence. His dedication to craft has earned him a dedicated following, and he continues to leave his mark with every release. And I would like to go on to say that Amerigo was one of the very first guests to ever come on this podcast, and I am... I'm happy to say I, I like to call him one of my oldest friends, even though uh, even though I don't get to see this guy much because you have moved to uh, beautiful Croatia. And yes, sir, yes, I don't sir. make it over. I don't make it overseas much. So I haven't seen you in. Well, so first you went to San Francisco. I never caught up with you while you're still in the States. Uh, yeah, well, we uh, when we did the last episode, I was living in Berkeley and San Francisco. So so, yeah, yeah I guess we kind of we kind of connected. It's been uh, a long because you were, you were there like. You were one of the very first people. You were episode six of this podcast. I, I actually, as it, it's funny, I fucked up uh, reading your bio because when you, uh, I don't know if you recall very much, but back back then when I tried to read people's bios, I was just tripping over my words. <laughs> oh no, so, you sound yeah, no, you sounded great. I, I was gonna say, hey man, does it seem like I've come a long way? And then I immediately was like, he's an MC slash. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, yeah, well, you were, nah, uh, no, it sounds great. So, yeah, you I like, uh, I like the narrator voice, too. You, you thank got, you. Had, you had, like, My guest song. today is Amerigo Gasway. <laughs> Amerigo Gasway is a triple threat. <laughs> threat, 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 threat. Um, yeah, dude. So, last time I talked to you, you were in Berkeley previously. Were you in Berlin? You up in Berlin, maybe? I was like preparing. We were actually planning on moving to Berlin. Maybe it was around the time we did the last episode of the podcast where you had me on. But I think around that time, it was like maybe before the pandemic, we were planning on moving to to Berlin from Berkeley. And then the pandemic happened and completely like kind of derailed everything, threw our life upside down. And then we somehow ended up here in Croatia. So, okay, um, cool. (laughs) I mean, not somehow. My wife is from here originally. That's, you know, her family's here, her mom's here, and she got a job here. Yeah. you know, now, we ended up pulling the trigger during the pandemic and just coming out here um, in 2020, which which was kind of a rough year for everybody, I think. And and for us, too, it was definitely kind of rocky. But now now we're kind of settled in here. And and, uh, and yeah, I'm starting to starting to get adjusted to to being to the expat life. That was a uh, that was, I think, a lot of what we might have been talking because, yeah, it was I started this podcast at the very beginning of the lockdown, the day okay. the day of uh kids meal was supposed to come over to my house and record the first episode and they locked the whole city down. They're like, nobody go anywhere, you know, all the shit. And I was like, well, shit. And that's, 
that was the first time I ever used Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. Yeah, and now it's like you you were ahead of everybody. You started a podcast on like day one of the everybody else like waited six months in and then started a podcast. You did it like yeah, yeah, no, because the podcast was already like on like up and running, but it was going to be all recorded in Nashville. I'm kind of fucking. It really worked out more that like I ended up learning like that I should use Zoom off the bat because it gave me so much more reach. Like just immediately I was able to start talking to people anywhere, anytime. And it yeah, was kind of, yeah, yeah. but yeah, man, um, let me put my ignorance on display real quick, but I want to see how, how close I can <laughs> catch to like what Croatia is like. So when I was a, like a teenager, you know, you know, REI, like the outdoor uh, yeah, yeah, outfitters, yeah, the they had this um, catalog and it was like adventure like tours. And somehow I had gotten one, like, like my mom had bought something in REI. And so they said that it's catalog in the mail and they're like, that I would flip through it. And it was all the shit I could never, ever afford. It was, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars to go on these trips. And the coolest one was Croatia. And every photo I was like, damn, this looks, it looks like, it looks like a paradise, dude. And the trip was uh, like the adventure they took you on was like, you went mountain biking around all these crazy like cliffs that were by the ocean and then you wow. like got off your mountain bikes and got on sea kayaks and like sea kayaked around. Uh, wow, wow! Is that what Croatia's like? Is it like a bunch of cool cliffs and beautiful like deep blue water? Or... <laughs> that's a pretty yeah. That's a pretty accurate description of it. I mean, you know, not all of you know. A lot of it's like villages and farmland, and you know, like yeah. uh, you know, the capital city Zagreb where we live, which is kind of just more of an in, in, uh, you know just metropolitan kind of area, but. But, you know, once you start getting, yeah, into the nature parts, nature areas of Croatia, it's really beautiful. Like uh, Plitvica Lakes, I don't know if you've heard of that. There's this beautiful, like, five or six lakes that all kind of, like, are merged together in the same spot. And, like, there's paths you can walk and waterfalls. And it's just, like, just look it up. It's crazy. But, like, we, we've been there once. We want to go again, actually, because it's, like, experiencing it in the different seasons. Like, winter and fall is, like, a completely different experience. But yeah. Um, and then, you know, every summer now, now that we've been here, uh, and, and even before we lived here, you know, we used to come every year to visit my, my wife's mom and my mother-in-law and, and we would come and we always try to go to the coast, which is, yeah, now, now it's just like a, bu a bucket list thing we got to do every year. Like we go to the coast and do you guys have surf? Nah, cause it's like, it's the Adriatic sea. So it's the sea is very calm It's a sea. It's not an ocean. There's not a lot of waves, you know, okay. so it's very, very calm, but, uh, but beautiful, you know, there's tons, like thousands of islands that, you know, you can go to and, and you can just go island hopping, go beach hopping and, yeah. you know, uh, take, yeah, take boats at the different islands and go to beaches or like there's caves you can explore. And yeah, these mountain, mountain bike trails and sounds, all types of stuff. Really, I haven't even scratched the surface. Like, you know, <laughs> we, we go camping yeah, on, on this island called Sedes every year. We, we usually bring bring our dog and, and they have a bunch of dog beaches there. And, and then this summer there was this cool... Um, doggy beach bar that we, we brought our dog to it's like uh called monty's and it's in croatia and it's so popular it's it's taken off so much that i think they're opening one in la now which is a brilliant idea but yeah it's basically a doggy beach bar you bring your dog and you can just hang out and they they have like dog beer they can drink and the dogs oh. are just running around <laughs> everywhere and splashing and so so that was really fun um Dude. but yeah no we you know croatia's beautiful um and you know we, we love being here we we just bought an apartment here by uh, by the lake in Zagreb, uh, Yarun, and, uh, and so. so you know, what what language do they speak in Croatia? And to to display my ignorance even further, uh, they speak Croatian, uh, which is okay. you know 
Uh, Croatia, you know, the history is pretty complicated. I, I don't know. They would take a whole nother podcast to probably get into the whole history. <laughs> yeah, of, yeah, no doubt. No. Of former Yugoslavia and Croatia and the war and Serbia. But anyway, yeah, you know, Croatia used to be part of, you know, what used to be called former Yugoslavia. And then and then it kind of dissolved and broke up, broke up into a bunch of different countries. And there was, you know, there was a war in the 90s here, like in, in the mid 90s. Like my wife, she was a refugee of war and like had to, you know, her and her mom had to escape the Serbian troops. And yeah. You know, it was pretty crazy. Um, but we you know, literally just had a Serbian uh guest on the podcast recently, uh talking about that war. Cause uh, oh, really? she, she came here as a refugee as a baby from that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, a lot of people, you know, it's still pretty fresh. The you know, the wounds are still pretty fresh. But I, I you know, I think a lot of the young people are also trying trying to move past it and try, you know, uh trying to like work towards, you know, uh you know, letting go of some of the stuff, you know, yeah. some of the some of the past transgressions that happened because yeah, it, cut, it cuts pretty deep and yeah, it's still, you know, yeah. uh, a lot of the holidays and stuff here are still all war related. It, you know, it, it gets brought up a lot, you know, it's still fresh on everyone's minds and, and especially now with all the other wars in Europe, you know, it's just really triggering for. Absolutely, for man. In this region. Um, but, but, you know, aside from that, you know, we're, we're part of the EU now, so hopefully that'll kind of keep okay. us, yeah. keep us okay for now, you know, in terms of, you know, uh, so you, and, so you guys spend euros? Is that like your money? Yeah, we were actually, uh, we switched to the euro earlier, beginning of January this year. We were on the Croatian kuna, which the kuna, uh, I guess the coin was named after like a, it's kind of like a Croatian weasel or like mongoose cool. type creature. Oh, I thought, gonna gonna say, like, like, I thought the, you were going to say a dictator. A weasel yeah, was awesome, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the kunas, yeah. The, well, the, the coins were called kunas, which was the you know, slang for this, or, you know, the word for this kind of, creature you know um but hey all the kunas had like little like animals that represented croatia on it i actually kind of uh, kind of miss them but at, at the same time like yeah uh we're switched to euros now and and so it is easier for me to calculate because the kuna you know it was like one kuna uh or yeah one dollar equaled like you know i forget how many kuna it was just hard to calculate it so yeah for yeah. me as an american dumb american I'm, I'm just i can easily calculate euros now but the the problem with that also is once we switched to the euro like the prices here jumped up like crazy everybody used that as an opportunity to to jack the prices up and so when i first came here in 2020 it was actually like you know pretty affordable you know pretty affordable especially for an american expat who makes most of his money abroad like yeah you know and, and now the prices are almost getting getting close to what they used to be back in the states and like where we used to be so it's it's not you know not as That's... not as good as it used to be now that we switched to the euro but then you should you guys should do a Cro what was trying to think of a way to say brexit but with croatia croatia croexit yeah, yeah croexit <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, yeah. america no, i mean well, it... we, we were trying to get into the you know croatia wanted to be part of the eu for a while yeah. and yeah you know i think there are no, benefits yeah. that come with that sure you know um all the yeah, all so, the yeah. Londoners I know, man, they're pissed about Brexit. They're like, "That's the shit fucked us." A lot of people, especially musicians, they're like, yeah, "Dude, yeah, you can't yeah. like you if you have a crew that's like uh, if they're all British, they can't roll with you because there's like some kind of it fucks the, the laws are all crazy now." Wow, because, wow, wow! Because you're like when they when they were all in the EU, everybody could just travel together, and now it's like you know, like your union doesn't apply to like a European. Uh, you know what, man? I, I don't know the ins and outs. I've just heard people yeah, complain yeah, yeah. extensively about it. No, no, no. I mean, even just yeah, shipping records to, you know, you, 
uh, Britain now is super expensive for me because they're not part of the EU. Every, every other country I ship to now, because I'm in the EU, it's it's fairly cheap. But now it's like super expensive for me to ship a record to some dude in London that buys it. You know, yeah. so there's little things like that. But um, that's but too anyway, bad, yeah, man. It's, it's, a, it's a trip, man. <laughs> it's, uh, God, all right. It's been in Europe. <laughs> it's, it's settled, man. I am going to commit a heist. You've inspired me. I'm going to commit a heist and I'm coming to visit. Right. As soon as my son is yeah, old no. enough to get on an airplane, I mean, I'm sorry. Technically, I can. I mean, he's a baby. It's not like I can't put him on an airplane. But yeah, yeah, yeah. but you know, I'm gonna wait till he can like sit up. We're getting on an airplane. We're coming to Croatia. Obviously, we can't it, surf, man. but we're gonna do maybe like paddleboarding is fun too, man. It's like a good. Yeah, more, they do a lot of paddleboard here. Yeah, more meditative. There's... Can you? Yeah, uh, yeah. Can you? What's that shit called? Um, what's it's the surfboard with the sail on it? Oh yeah, Winds, yeah, yeah. Windsurfing. Can you go windsurfing? Uh, yeah, yeah. There's there's a lot of there's there's the Buddha and the what's the other name of the there's two different types of wind here that they call one comes from the mountain. Ooh. I forget the other name. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah. There's that. What was I saw the other day? I saw some dude on the electric surfboard out there. Like, have you seen that? Oh, like I have seen surfboard. those. It's like floating above the water. And yeah, just yeah, like yeah. Zipping. I was just yeah. like, whoa! Like, I, I was tripping out. I was like, what is that? So, last yeah, last time I was fun. surfing, I've you know mostly I've only seen those like uh like in video clips and shit. I don't see them in like because yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't you know I'm landlocked, man. But last time I was surfing, I saw a dude on one of those, and I was like, you're fucking cheating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is kind of cheating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, man, Amerigo. You, I know. Look, I. I want to catch up with you forever, man, but you didn't come to this podcast to talk, just talk about how you're an international man of music. The fact <laughs> is uh, you recently made a big announcement. I think you made a, a reference to Andre 3000's uh, flute album, just kind of a little bit as an analogy to some uh, something, you know, to yourself. Yeah, thanks for catching that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought, well, I, I, thought, I thought it was well put, man. Because, you know, a lot of people give, or, you know, obviously they didn't personally give him shit because I, I bet he's pretty hard to reach. But, you know, people are like, fuck Andre 3000. This is an outcast. And it's like, he never said it was outcast, man. He, like, yeah, he yeah, just yeah. made a flute album. But, you know, don't listen to it if you don't like it. Pretty transparent but, uh, about it. Yeah. yeah. But um, my question is, man, have like have you completely changed directions as an artist? Are you just evolving? Like, what's going on with you musically right now? Why are you having to make these announcements? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't really an announcement. It was more just, yeah, kind of a response to, to the whole Andre stuff. You know, I feel like... It's it's kind of serendipitous that Andre dropped his flute album the same day I dropped Radical Dreamers because it it, it you know it really kind of helped help shift that conversation to kind of what I was trying to get at with Radical Dreamers anyway, which was kind of trying to kind of just reinventing myself a little bit or taking an opportunity to reinvent myself a little bit because you know over the past decade or so I've I've made a name for myself as this as this remix mashup producer with my Soulmate series and and you know I've had a lot of success with with that and uh, and. And, you know, I'm super grateful, obviously, for, for, for all the fans and listeners and supporters and, and, you know, all the opportunities I've had to, like, travel the world, meet legends, and collaborate with people. Um, but at the same time, it's been, like, a huge uphill battle with, with the copyright stuff, really. And, and yeah, you know, uh, and, you know, that's always kind of been a, a monkey on my back. And, and it's always, like, you know, I'm always, like, one one step away from getting like all my accounts banned or shut down, you know, like it's just, it, it's really uh, put a lot of pressure on me um, in terms of like actually monetizing what I do and like, you know, being financially stable as an artist. And, and as much as I love doing it for the love and, and putting out these remix projects, like it's just getting harder and harder for me to share them with people. Yeah. 
And so, and so that's part of it, you know, and that, that was a big part of it. And I think that that contributed to like over the past few years, that kind of contributed to my lack of, let's say, interest in, in pursuing the whole mashup remix DJ thing as much as I used to is just because of this constant, like, you know, take, take down notices, cease and desist, you know, slaps on the wrist, like threats from lawyers and, and, yeah you know getting getting uh, my videos removed on youtube and it's gotta camp. be exhausting man it's exhausting yeah you put your blood sweat and tears into this stuff and then it gets shut down the next day without any questions asked and and you know people didn't even really get to hear it or experience it and and so anyway um so yeah i was part of it part of it was speaking from that perspective of just kind of like the the her, just trying to give my fans and be transparent with my fans and everybody about kind of what i've been going through yeah. And I know a lot of other DJs have been going through it too. And so I think a lot of other DJs actually commented and like reached out to me, like, yo, you really articulated kind of like what I've been going through too and, and how I'm trying to like basically kind of transition into like becoming a, a real artist. You know what I mean? And like, I think for a lot of my fans, they don't really know, you know, because you grew up with me that like, you know, before all the mashup stuff, like I was just a beat maker, producer, MC, like just trying to yeah. make mu dope music. And so I'm guess, I guess now I'm just kind of like going full kind of getting full circle back back to that you know and i, and I guess in, not, in a way too like it, it was kind of a surprise to me that hold on uh i gotta my dog opened the door and my kid's yelling so i'm gonna just, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> hold on all good <laughs> sorry man i'm in domestic chaos no yeah, i was gonna yeah, say that good. uh like That's uh, you know when i was reading uh like reading when you you know you know when you're talking about Hey guys, I'm taking a different direction. I'm, you know, now I'm, I'm fully an MC. To me, that was kind of a surprise because that's how I've always seen you. I've yeah, never, yeah. never, never was I like I was like Amerigo is an, an MC now. It's like you've been doing that since the day I met you, and probably before then. I mean, since we were like literally children, like minors. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Uh, <laughs> and if no, you don't mind, man, I don't, I, I don't want to rehash things you've already said on the podcast, but I just want to do it because. You know, when you were first on this podcast, like this was like, you know, people in Nashville that knew about this and that's, you know, that was it. This is a whole different ballgame now. A lot of different people, you know, a lot of people have never heard anything you've had to say. And I just want to that all that cease and desist shit. I feel like we should maybe just not spend a lot of time on it, but talk about the story of you were you were uh, photo. You were you were doing you had a photography assignment. You were at the exit in with quest love he was performing you handed him a cd and that kicked off a lot of things including a cease and desist which you also had a pretty uh what i would say like clever and uh funny way to like kind of say fuck you to the uh record company can you just kind of share that that little uh nugget yeah 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 i mean yeah starting with the you know the quest love thing yeah i mean that was just uh you know i, I had been in college, you know, and in Nashville, working on this project called Fela Soul. It was basically kind of inspired by like, you know, Danger Mouse and what Wicket, DJ Wicket, another Nashville native was had been doing with the mashups. And so I was like, I had this idea to create Fela Soul, Fela Kuti and De La Soul. And it was really just a fun idea at the time. I, I, I had had no plans of like continuing the series or anything like that. It was just like a fun, a fun idea. And, uh, and then when I heard Questlove was coming to town, you know, it was just kind of like one of those light bulb moments where it's like, you know, if there's one gatekeeper in the hip hop world that needs to hear this record, it's Questlove. You know, who's the biggest fan of both Fela Kuti and De La Soul? You know, yeah. it's Questlove. 
And so I was, I just took it upon myself. I was like, you know, if anybody needs to hear it, it's him. It's, it's not, you know, I wouldn't do that for any other, any artist that comes through town. It was just like a specific, like stars lined up moment. So I was like, I've got to get this CD to him. And so, yeah, I took my camera down there. I posed as a press, press photographer. I got backstage. I think I, <laughs> uh, you know, I waited till like the very end of the night and, you know, gave him some daps, gave him the CD and he, and, and he was surprised. He was like, Oh shit. Like, what is this? And then, so, yeah. um, yeah, a week late, a week later, like I, I think I tweeted him about it, you know, and okay player posted it and okay Africa, which, you know, his, his sites that he runs and, and that really, yeah, kickstarted my career, man. I like shout out to Questlove, shout out to okay player. Like, honestly, like, you know, it really, uh, snowball, like it had a snowball effect, you know, fail also ended up winning, like, you know, best independent, album of the year from like NPR and soul soul train and all these different outlets. And I was doing like interviews with MTV and all these places. And that's so cool. And, uh, and then, yeah. And then at that point I was just like, well, I just graduated college, you know, I could either go get a job or I could like pursue this music thing full time. Now that I have this momentum and this has taken off. And so that's what I did. You know, I just, I, I continued doing this, what I call it the soulmates project, which is basically this, series where I combined different artists from different genres and time periods like the Fela Kuti de la Soul thing to, to create something new. And so I, a year later, I did Bizarre Tribe, which was a, a combination of the Tribe Called Quest and the Far Side, two of my favorite rap groups. And that led to some crazy, you know, that led to the season desist from Sony, yeah. uh, which which we responded to with a with an open letter written by penned by my, by my brother, Ricky Mindlin, actually shout out to him. Um, but he wrote the open letter to S Sony, which is basically kind of explaining our situation. Like Sony was coming after us saying that, you know, uh, they shut it down because they said uh, we were using tribe called quest samples basically. And yeah, well, in a way that's kind of true, you know, the sample, the album was a tribute to tribe called quest and far side, but technically the album didn't use any samples from tribe called quest. It used, the original samples that tribe called quest used, And then I took those and reinterpret them into the reinterpreted them into new beats. So I was using like the original jazz funk soul recordings that tribe had lifted and used to create their production. So anyway, yeah. we were just kind of explaining that in our open letter, like, look, you guys, you know, uh, you kind of got it kind of, kind of got it twisted here. I mean, you know, yeah. come after us all you want, but just get the facts straight first. You know what I mean? And so they're doing kind of a do as I say, not as I do kind of bullshit there because yeah because uh tribe they sampled those samples like you, know, yeah. you did you did the same thing yeah, they did yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly i mean i don't know how many of those samples tribe actually cleared you know and yeah. i think that's that's still a gray area for pretty much every hip-hop record it was know, a different like, era it's kind of like 90s. that it's like that paul's yeah. boutique you know beastie boys thing where they're like yo this whole album would be illegal to make yeah like, yeah exactly <laughs> now, like now that people actually give a shit but yeah, yeah back then yeah. like late late 80s early 90s you could get away with so much yeah, yeah so anyway so that so yeah the bizarre tribe thing yeah led to the cease and desist and then uh, but it also led to like me touring with the far side and like doing an official track with them and like you know building a friendship and a relationship so it was like you know and and same thing with like the you know another great example is the yazin gay project that i did which combined uh marvin gay and most def or you know formerly most def now known as yazin bay um, you know, I did the volume one. That was a huge success. You know, again, same thing, like a bunch of interviews, a bunch of press, you know, went viral on the internet. Um, but then it got shut down, uh, you know, for copyright. Once again, I got a cease and desist, like maybe I don't know, two weeks afterward, after releasing it. 
And so then I was just like, okay, let's do volume two. And so I did volume two and put that out uh, in response, you know, kind of almost in response <laughs> to getting shut down. I was just like, okay, we can, we can keep doing this all day. Yeah. Um, and so I put out <laughs> volume two and, you know, again, just a testament to the power of like, you know, I guess asking for forgiveness instead of permission or just, just believing in what you do, because like I put out volume two and then like a few months later, Apple reached out to me and were like, Hey, we love this track. We want to use this in our new iPad series of iPad commercials. You know, we'll get the clearance and we'll, we'll, we'll sort everything out. And, and we did, you know, we, we, we were able to get the clearance from Marvin Gaye's estate and from Yasin Bay's camp and Interscope and Universal and put out the single and, you know, officially released this, a legal mashup six months prior as an official remix, you know, on, on iTunes and Apple music. Yeah. You know, it was everywhere. And, uh, you know, it was play, it was playing during, during the Super Bowl that year. And so, fuck yeah, know. there's no, nothing like getting a corporation like Apple behind you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. No, they definitely pulled all the strings. I, th I think, yeah, if it weren't for them, you know, I don't, because I, I yeah, there I is, won't say, I won't say Interscope and, and Universal weren't interested in it, but I don't think yeah. they really saw in it the way apple did you know what i mean uh, apple, the, the record and, industries are still pretty close-minded and they still got, they, they still got that uh steve jobs uh visionary vibe uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. there's a minor anecdote you left out uh but i if you don't mind i want i just i want to yeah, share yeah yeah because sure, i know that yeah. it's not important because you know like <clears throat> obviously they couldn't put out the fire once you once you'd release the music it was everywhere it's on the internet it's you know it's like a sex tape man you know it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. it's out there and exactly. you know you're gonna ever get it you're not gonna put that back in the bottle but you did do one additional thing, which was you took it and you uh, at the at the college we both went to, you went to the music library oh, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and ad added it to the library under some kind of clause, some kind of educational law, meaning yeah, yeah, yeah. it can't be touched there. So that no matter what they did, you can always just go to the, uh, the library, libra and the library and, and check it out. And you can, it'll, check it out. Yeah. you can put a pair of headphones on. You can sit there in the little listening booth and listen to, yeah. to, listen to it all you want. Yeah, yeah. No, that's, that's amazing. I, I keep forgetting to, to include that little antidote. Yeah, that's, that's, I just I love it because it, it is the it is the one truly legal way you can listen to that album is uh, just go to <laughs> go, go to Middle Tennessee State University, go to the music library, look it up, and if I mean if you're like you know if you're really a stickler to you know to obeying the law. Yeah, that is yeah. the one way you can listen to this album without, you know, no gray area. It's uh, protected yeah, under no, under uh, the educational law act. I don't know what it's fucking called. Yeah, fair but, use. Or yo, yeah, dude, moving. Let's let's talk about Radical Dreamers, man. It's it's actually it's the main reason. Like, it's not the main. I mean, I just wanted to see you again. Yeah, man. I wanted yeah, yeah. to talk to you again. Likewise, but obviously, bro, uh, when Radical Dreamers came out, I heard it and I was like, "Holy fucking shit! This is." This is amazing. So thank you. Bro. That's my yeah. own personal. People don't need to hear me talk, man. They, need, they came here to hear you. But let's talk about Radical Dreamers, man. Uh, thank you, bro. What is the concept? Who was involved? Uh, what did it take to get this album done, man? So there's a lot going on here. There is a lot going on. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's a passion project. It's definitely a labor of love. And uh, and like I said, it's almost kind of like me and reinventing myself and kind of my 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 reintroduction to the world or as you say like not really a reintroduction because it's just introducing who i've always been to the world because i think yeah for for the past 10 years or so like again i've only been showing my fans like a small slice you know these mashup projects is just a very small slice of who i am as an artist and and like you know 
I'm a three-dimensional human being, just like all of us. I have thoughts, I have opinions, I have ideas, I have bars and raps and beats and, and like all these things I want to share with people outside of just the mashup realm. And so, so that's what Radical Dreamers was. And, and, um, and yeah, I mean, it, it came about, um, you know, shout out to DJ, DJ DN3, honestly, because he, he's, he's the, he's my partner in crime. He's, he's my partner in sound on this project. He's, he produced, uh, most of it, you know, I, I produced a couple remixes and some of the interludes, but he produced most of the beats. And that was kind of fun for me too. Cause you know, usually I produce my own stuff and I, I produce other people's stuff. Um, but it really gave me a chance to kind of just step back and focus on, on, on getting my thoughts out of my head and on the paper. Yeah. I was, and, uh, uh, I was surprised to see that actually, cause like you said, uh, you generally produce your own stuff. I was like, kind of surprised. It was like, Oh, you worked with another guy to like, so that's cool. Yeah, like, no, like, yeah, that's another that's another part of the you know it, it was already a left turn kind of from what my fans are used to in terms of me rapping, but then it's also like oh he's working with this other producer, so yeah, it was kind of a left turn from, and, and again that's kind of like you know why the whole Andre thing kind of helps, yeah. kind of helped articulate kind of how I was feeling about it at the moment, but um, but yeah, what was I gonna say? Um, no, I guess uh, what was I gonna say about that is just like sometimes. You know, uh, I really enjoy rapping on other people's beats. It's just something like that. It, it pulls different emotions out of me that I didn't know were there. And like sometimes when you make the beat yourself, you just kind of it gets played out, you know, like you, you listen to it for hours on loop. And then by the time you, you want to sit down and write something to it, you know, it's already old, yeah. to you, even though nobody else has heard it. And so, yeah, there's something really exciting to me about working with other producers. And it's something I want to continue doing. I'm actually working on another project with um, with one of Art's homies that went to high school with us satoru he's like a little younger than us but he does kind of like okay, i would say cool. like electronic kind of hip-hop stuff and so we've got another project we're working on and and so yeah it's been really fun to kind of collaborate with the other producers but but anyway dj dn3 man he he's really dope um he's one of uh he's one of mega rants kind of go-to producers they, they've they've kind of grew up together and have been, been producing music for a long time and so um i guess the whole seeds for radical dreamer is kind of came came about organically really like out of uh the project that me and megaran did uh last year the strangers uh stranger things inspired project so basically last year during the whole kate bush summer yeah 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 summer, i forgot that it was like a kate bush su- uh was that song <laughs> yeah. running up that hill yeah, yeah, deal yeah. With God. yeah okay yeah, <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, yeah it's weird how like something like that it'll, it'll be like it's like the zeitgeist of like our, you know, of your life. It's like that song was like the biggest song. It, you know, every single person on Instagram put that song to one of their fucking videos. Yeah, 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 exactly. And I forgot it existed until just now. And you're like the Kate Bush summer. And I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's what I call it now, the Kate Bush summer. <laughs> no, that's the best um, way to put it. I just never yeah, yeah, yeah. put two and two together that there was a Kate Bush summer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, during that Kate Bush summer, like, yeah, I had the run it up the hill on repeat. It was on the radio. It was everywhere and gas everywhere I went. Yeah. I couldn't stop hearing the song. So of course, being an MC, I, I just started writing some rhymes to it. Um, and before I knew it, I had like a four verses or something and a whole song written to this Kate Bush. And so, um, so anyway, I, I'm, I'm getting to radical dreamers. I'm just kind of explaining oh, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. how it all came about, but anyway, you know, it started with the, the stranger things, Kate Bush, I started writing some rhymes to it. And then, you know, I was I was like, you know what? I'm just going to post like a little, I didn't even post a snippet. I just posted like I was working on some Stranger Things stuff, which I'm usually pretty secretive about what I'm doing or working on until like it's ready, till I'm ready, till I got the masters in hand and I'm ready to share it with the world. I usually don't really like get on there and tweet 
get on social and tweet about what I'm working on unless it's like in the bag. But this time I was just like, fuck it. I, I got on Twitter and Instagram. I posted like, Hey, I'm working on some stranger things remixes, yeah. you know, would y'all be down to hear that? You know, like just kind of gauge if my fans would even be interested in hearing something like that. And then, uh, Mega Rand replied to me immediately. He was like, you working on some stranger things? I'm working on some stranger things. What's up, dog? What are we doing? <laughs> and so, <laughs> so he sent me a DM. We started talking and he had already done a strangers, a whole strangers mixtape for, you know, uh, I guess, you know, the first season or something a couple of years back. And so we kind of brainstormed and came up with the idea of just doing a whole project, me and him, you know, kind of tag teaming. And, uh, you know, I produced some of the beats and then he reached out to a bunch of his other producers, uh, and they they supplied some of the other beats too. And one of those producers was DJ DN3. And so that, long story short, that's kind of how I got introduced to DJ DN3 was through the Strangers project that, okay, that I cool. did with Mega Ran. Um, I was already a huge fan. I mean, I, I'd, I'd known of Mega Ran. I've, I've been a fan of DJ DN3's work for a long time. You know, I've been bumping their music for a long time, but this was the first time I actually got to collaborate with them. Yeah. Or, or with D, DJ DN3. I'd already done some stuff with, with Mega Ran, but. Um, but anyway, that's kind of how the seeds of, of Radical Dreamers started. So, so that project, you know, we put it out. It was a big success, you know. Um, and then shortly after that, DN3 started hitting me with beats. You know, he, he just slid in my DMs. He was like, yo, we should start working together. Like, you know, I really dug what you did with Strangers. And likewise, yeah. the admiration was mutual. So he started, started sending me beats and I just started writing to him. And I didn't really have any plan or idea at the time. It was just kind of like what whatever inspired me, kind of whatever the beat was was rocking with, I would just kind of go uh, yeah. on my own tangent. Um, but at the time I was, I was playing um, Chrono Cross, the remastered version, the Radical Dreamers edition on Nintendo Switch, which came out that year or last year, uh, which is uh, basically like a remastered kind of version of one of my favorite games growing up on PlayStation. It was called, well, basically Chrono Trigger and Chrono Cross are kind of two games in the same series. Oh yeah. Um, oh, I, I, just, um, I do have to stop you right here because uh, myself being someone who's like, you know, I'm not really a gamer. So like so, some of the stuff is uh, unfamiliar to me. Like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. I said, like I, I enjoy the music. I love the music, but like um, a lot of the backstory, a lot of the inspiration that is like, that's really unfamiliar territory to, to me. So it, uh, like maybe if you like just for people like that are also like me that don't quite get it, like. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, this is what is this like a like a role playing game type thing? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm a huge. You know, I mean, really, like one of the main reasons I got into making music and and music production in general was for my love of like Japanese role playing games and video games and the soundtracks growing up. And so, like, one of my first experiences making beats was with this program called MTV or is a game called MTV Music Generator for PS One. And I would sit sit on that game all day trying to recreate my favorite like video game soundtracks from like Chrono Trigger or, you know, Final Fantasy and stuff. And, and so anyway, it's kind of a full circle thing because like, you know, as as much as I'm a hip hop head, like it all kind of started with video games and like yeah. soundtracks for me. And and so I guess this this album is kind of a, a tribute to that. Um, and uh, and yeah, the, the games themselves, the that the album radical dreamers is kind of loosely based loose i say loosely based because yeah the, a lot of the songs don't really you know there's there's maybe a couple tracks that have easter eggs or like references to the games but or samples and stuff but but it's mostly just kind of the concept of the idea that um that it's inspired by but basically chrono trigger and chrono 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 trigger was one of the uh you know first big like role-playing rpg games to come out on super nintendo it came out in 95 and it was pretty revolutionary at the time in terms of like just 
you know, it offered the ability to travel through time and there was all these different multiple endings. They were really pushing the boundaries, I guess, of what games were capable of at that time, musically, visually, story-wise. And so again, it, it's become like now, you know, I think if you look up like top 10 video games of all time, top 10 RPGs of all time, it's always on that list. You know, I don't know yeah. what, what rank, but it's always <laughs> up there. And some of, and the music uh, composed by Yasunori Matsuda, uh, Japanese composer, composer was also just like one of the best video game soundtracks of all, all time, in my opinion, and, and I'm sure a lot of others. So, so that had a big influence on me growing up. And, um, and so, yeah, it's kind of like uh, where, you know, kind of some of the ideas for Radical Dreamers came from, you know, Radical Dreamers is actually, it's the name of a, a group of bandits and treasure seeking pirates in the game that, that are kind of trying to like change the fabric of time and save the world. And so, um, so yeah, the, uh, I guess, you know, it's kind of an homage to that and kind of just video game culture in general and kind of like my love for it and kind of where, where my love for music all started. Um, but also, yeah, just kind of a tribute to the, the power of radically dreaming too, and really like going after it and being relentless and radical with, with your dream chasing, because I think that's, that's something that's gotten me to where I am in life. And it's, it's something that, you know, I, I, I you know, I see in others and, and, and really the album is kind of a, a call to all artists and, and, and creators and people to just like go after it and like really chase those dreams as radically yeah. as you can. And yeah, man. Hell yeah. Oh yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, I, I love the way you put that. Um, I, and I stand behind like your words, 100%, man, like in my own life and like my own beliefs about how like, yeah, radically dream, man, go for it. Go fuck is the fuck out. You know? Yeah. Well, you know, like I said in my post, it's like sometimes, <laughs> sometimes people think what you're doing is radical because they just don't understand it yet. And, yeah. and so, um, and so that, that word can get thrown around or misused, but, but I like, I like, I kind of co-opted it back to make it a positive thing. Like, um, yeah you know, the radical left, you know, everybody like kind of always uses that term as, as this yeah. negative, negative kind of connotation. But I, I, I think yeah, that's fucked up too. Cause radical is like my, first of all, one of my most used and most favorite words, I guess I say, I say rad yeah, a lot, yeah, yeah. but I'll still, I still say radical sometimes too. Yeah, yeah. No, the year I went to burning man, <laughs> the year I went to burning man in 2017, the theme was radical ritual. So, uh, Dope. I'm definitely, I'm definitely, uh, I'm definitely with, with some radical pursuit for sure um so anyway yeah that's kind of like the backstory on the album a little bit you know um again it doesn't really you know if you're if you're a, if you're a huge chrono trigger fan you're a hardcore gamer and you're expecting this album to be like a full transcription of all the events that happen in the game and all the characters it's not that you know it, there yeah. like i said there's there's some easter eggs there's some samples there's some references you know i have a track called wings of time which is basically uh basically where I, I transport my old car, the, the, the 77 uh, Mercedes Benz that I used to drive in high school. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so basically on this track or yeah, the, the track is kind of like me transforming that into a time traveling, you know, spaceship that I can just travel the galaxy with and go anywhere. And, 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 and I love uh, it too. Man. I love, it's yeah, man. I love creativity, dude. I like how you just take things in a different direction and like, or, or in some ways, like, kind of like you just said, bring it back to something old too, like something that's been forgotten, you know, like, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. A lot of people like yeah. also like don't necessarily think about like these Japanese composers in the 1990s, you know, creating like these incredibly memorable uh, soundtracks to these games that you'll never ever forget. You know, it's like, uh, you know, I was Sonic the Hedgehog was probably the game I played the most. And it's like, 
you know, at any point in my life, you know, I haven't I haven't played that game in twenty something years. You know, I don't know, but like if you if you were to play me, uh, like a, a couple bars off any level, I could tell you yeah, what yeah, level yeah. of the game that was. You know what I mean? I'll be yeah, like, yeah, yeah. oh, that's the that's hear, the labyrinth zone, dude. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, the yeah. that's the uh, that's hilltop or the green hill top or whatever the fuck you know. Uh, yeah, but yeah, yeah. hey, speaking of games, man, I uh, I recently uh, I saw you, you made a little music video. I only saw a clip. I haven't seen the whole thing. I don't know where to find it. I don't know if it's on YouTube or you know, like I know you said sometimes you're secretive with your projects. Then no, no, yeah, yeah, they're fully uh, available. Uh, no, just yeah, yeah. But uh, this was this was uh, Legend of Zelda, and I absolutely, oh, okay. I absolutely loved it. What I got to see of it, I think I, I think I got to see a thirty second cut of it. And you made a mu- uh, you made a music video with uh the game itself uh I, I, actually before i i have a question in here before i get to that what is that what is that part is that part of some other project is that just a, like a, a thing you just did just for the love of just doing that one thing it was kind of a one thing yeah it was just a one-off thing it was like the zelda i don't know 30th anniversary i think back like a year or two ago it was coming up and and I think I had just been like replaying. I think I was playing Breath of the Wild on Switch again. So usually I'm just like inspired because I'm playing games or I'm replaying old games or watching somebody stream or Twitch a game or something. But but yeah, with the the Zelda, it was a one off thing, and I was just super inspired to kind of like I just again with the Kate Bush, just like I just throw on some track and rhymes yeah. just start forming. And so a lot of times it just it just happen, happens organically like that where I, I don't it's not like I sat down and was like I'm gonna make a Zelda track today like no nah, yeah. I, I just threw on the soundtrack while I was walking my dog and rhymes started coming to me you know and that's how same with Kate Bush but it was um, yeah that's it was... How, how how most of my songs come about now but um but no I I would like to you know maybe explore doing more stuff like I just so you know I I have been like aside from doing you know raps and mixtapes and stuff like that i have been like dabbling in composing original music for video games and game soundtracks and things like that and i've I've been like doing game jams and working with like indie game developers just just for free to just to kind of get my feet wet learn the software and like uh learn how to do sound design which is completely new to me you know making sound effects for games and stuff but i'm starting to build like a little demo reel of some of the games i've worked on and anyway and so uh i started uh this basically an imprint of kind of my label soulmates that's called retrograde arcade where I can, cause I was kind of looking for a place to house all this stuff that I'm game related stuff that I'm doing. That kind of siphons it off from like all the mixtapes and mashups and other stuff that I do. So I created this, this imprint called retrograde arcade. And so now through that label, I'm going to be releasing like more game kind of related content or, you know, the soundtracks that I do for various games, radical dreamers, you know, the Zelda remix, um, you know, the, the time traveling, the original time traveling, which was, you know, again, that was kind of the seed for Radical Dreamers. I, I in twenty twenty, I dropped a song called "Time Traveling," which is an, an ode to Chrono Trigger. And then I guess Radical Dreamers is kind of like a continuation of that story or a continuation of that universe. But, um, but anyway, Man, yeah, retrograde, that, retrograde arcade. I re- the, I remember where I was going with that. Is that uh, sorry? Yeah. Oh no no like I was I was the one that went like went off the on t- I I'd go on tangents, man. No, but I was gonna say with the, you know obviously like Radical Dreamers, uh, Chrono Trigger. Zelda, are there any other games like where you would uh you think you think you might be inspired to do something like do a track like kind of like in the in the that that vein where like the the game itself inspires the song? Is there anything off the top of your head where you think that could possibly be where it's got it's got the depth that's gonna inspire you to throw like a some lyrics together? What just just another game that I haven't 
uh, done yet or something? Or what? Yeah, yeah, like a game you have a game you haven't done yet that you think like, um, had like yeah has like like the depth of creativity that's like it's worth it. It's like that it's like mm. worth your time to go like you know what I haven't touched on this, but I you know this would be kind of a cool thing to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, there's, I don't know. I, I would probably pick something kind of, you know, even Chrono Cross is kind of obscure, but, you know, I would probably pick something that's kind of slept on and obscure because like a lot of the famous ones, like they've been done. They've been done either really well or not so well. And, yeah. and you know, um, mostly, you know, shouts to Mega Ram and like Lost Perception, those guys, like they've been doing this, you know, K Murdoch, like these guys have been, doing this for like decades before I even started dabbling in the whole like video game rap nerd core scene. But like those guys like black materia, the final fantasy seven tape that lost perception and mega ran did. It's like Hamilton, but final fantasy. It's like, I don't think anybody could ever top that in terms of like, Oh you know, dude, I'm going to check it out. They did like a Hamilton of, of final fantasy. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, fucking cool. Like, and, and yeah. And, and again, it, it, different from radical dreamers it is kind of like a a note by note retelling of the game you know but there's a lot of personal stuff that he puts into it as well but but it is kind of more true to the to the source material i guess than radical dreamers is where radical dreamers is me kind of using the game as a platform to tell my story whereas like mega ran was really kind of telling the game's story but in his own voice in his own way and kind of persona anyway it's amazing uh radical or sorry Black Materia by Mega Ran and Lost Perception. Uh, so that came out the same year that Fela Soul came out in 2011. Yeah. Uh, and I didn't know Mega Ran at the time, but I found out about it because I saw on Bandcamp, like that week that Fela Soul came out, I saw Black Materia pop up on the homepage as like Fela Soul and Black Materia were the best selling albums on Bandcamp that week. And oh, great. <laughs> and me being, a, and I didn't know who Mega Ran was at the time. I had just released Fail Soul. This was 2011. And I, you know, of course, I was a huge Final Fantasy nerd. So I was like, what is this black materia? I clicked on it, went down the rabbit hole, became a huge fan of Mega Ran. Yeah. And, and then years later, I met him at a conference in um, Cali, in the Bay. I went to some game and music conference, Mag West out there. It's called Music and Games Conference. And, and I bumped into Mega Ran out there and, you know, obviously I ran up on him. I was like, yo, I'm a huge fan, big fan of your stuff. He knew who I was. You know, we had had some, I think we'd had some back and forth online email, you know, yeah. over the years, but, um, you know, we connected. I, I love your, uh, man, I love your track record for ending up working with people that you were originally fans of. It's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got That's a, you, you got a solid record of doing that, man. And I hope that you managed to continue doing that for like the rest of your life, dude. <laughs> yeah, man, it's definitely one of the most rewarding parts about about my whole career thus far is just these these relationships that I'm building and, and being able to like collaborate with my you know my idols and peers. Hold up, it's time for a special announcement. When I first fell on that patch of ice and landed on my keys, they said I'd never rap again. But after all these years, I heard Amerigo's new album radical dreamers and i knew that i had to copy his idea and do a song about a video game as some of you may know i'm a year older than amerigo so i did a even older video game it's a concept album that i'm very proud of and here's a little bit to give you guys an idea of what we've been working on i 
I got a cover wagon and I do as I please But if I could go anywhere or do anything I'd go to Oregon, on the Oregon Trail You're about to get a fucking postcard in the mail Oregon, Oregon Trail Jack just died cause he got a snake bite And Mary got dysentery just last night They told me buy food at the mercantile store But I bought more bullets cause I'm not a fucking dork on the Oregon Trail, you're about to get a fucking postcard in the mail. Wow. I'm deep. I'm so proud of that. And now back to the interview. I don't know if you've recalled since uh, your last time on the podcast, man, but we end every episode with the lightning round. But I no longer write them, so now they're a surprise to me as well, which I feel like oh, adds wow. a lot more of fun to it. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, you have gotten a Mad Lib. So that's going to be, uh, you know, I'm just going to say adjective, noun, verb to you. And we are going to write a story called oh, <clears throat> The Legend of Gelda, a Mad Lib story by co-producer Colleen, co-written by amerigo gasaway wow yeah it's really <laughs> pulled out all the stops here okay dude awesome. you're you're a you're a two-time guest now man you're like you're, <laughs> you're in the gold club a veteran man. yeah 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 only thing up from this is uh three-time guest to be platinum club <laughs> triple platinum <laughs> all right adjective adjective uh, it's always got to be like yeah smelly or something smelly. that's good <laughs> uh magical creature uh sphinx that's a really good one, dude. Plural noun. Um, tostadas. Tostadas? I'm hungry. What, what can I say? Yeah. I'm actually, me too. Uh, adjective. Ironclad. Damn. You know, that's the thing about having you on here. You're you're a wordsmith, dude. Uh, <laughs> adjective. Interesting. Is that an adjective? Yeah. I don't know. That's a really good one. So vague. <laughs> a- oh, animal plural. Some sort of Australian like platypus or something. I don't know, like some some weird marsupial like that. Yeah. Are you, are you making? Are you putting him on the spot to not know how to do the uh, pluralization of platypus? Is it platypi? <laughs> I don't I'm know. I'm gonna guess it's platypuses. <laughs> I don't know platypuses. <laughs> okay, you know what? I'm actually putting platypuses because it's funnier, and I'm not entirely sure that platypi is the other one. Oh, uh, a nonsense word. A nonsense word. Uh, Zorg, Zorg, Zorg. I don't know. Zorg, Some yeah, alien, like the planet Zorg. From yeah, that sounds good. Celebrity last name. DiCaprio. That's I'm a... trying to think of one that's not like Smith. I was like Will Smith, <laughs> Donna Reeves. I was like that's not very. Yeah. <laughs> well, are we, are we... <laughs> Smith? <laughs> Jones. Yeah. Guess guess who I was thinking of when I said Jones. Uh, Amelie, baby. <laughs> Amelie. Uh, adjective. Liquefied. And uh, occupation. Bus driver. Bus driver. Uh, weather... School bus driver. School bus driver. Got it. School bus driver. Weather related adjective. A, you know, is as in like sunny, icy. Yeah, sure. You said them all, right? What other? Rainy, gloomy, Sunny. overcast. <laughs> hot cold yeah let's uh, just do yeah let's just do icy <laughs> icy okay i want to say that you're really, being you're, really, you're being a really really good sport adjective 
Um, messy. Mythical creature, plural. Did we say dragons? I'm trying to think of something more interesting than a dragon and more kind of like I am... mermaids. 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 Sure. That's a really good one, man. I don't know. You know, because dragons are just so Game of Thrones cliche. Like, yeah, too many, too many dragons. I am uh, partial to Sasquatches myself. <clears throat> mm. I, I consider myself a bit of a oh, love dragon. That's my dog is named Falcor after Falcor the love dragon. Oh, cool. So, yeah, maybe that should be a plural mythical creature at some point. Um, Let's see if we get another one. Uh, what is this? Yeah. Uh, name of a lake. Uh, Plitvica, Croatia. I don't know how. Yeah, if you know. Jesus how to Christ, that. dude. Uh, will you just like phonetically tell me to do that? Uh, I have to write this down with a pen. Yeah, Plitvica. P L I T. Plitvica. Like pizza. Plitvica. Yeah. Like Plitvica. Yeah. There you go. Okay, plural noun. <clears throat> We're getting very close. I swear. I swear. <laughs> We're like we are really a home stretch here. Uh, Plural noun, person, place, or thing, um, unidentified spacecrafts. Can I just write UFO? Sure. Yeah. Thank you. That's. I mean, that's shorthand for yeah, unidentified. Yeah. Well, you know, last time object. you know, last yeah. time we were, you were on here, we had a really long conversation about UFOs. I don't know if you recall that but we did. We did. Yeah, that's there was when, a lot of UFO when, stuff going on in the news. That's right? when the Navy about had that. first released those videos. Plural noun, another one. Uh, giraffes. And then one more plural noun, if you do not mind. Oh my goodness. Uh, video games. Sure. Hell yeah. All right. Last one, dude. Adjective. Adjective. It's got to be a good one. Yeah. You really um, want to kind of hit it with a bang here at the end. <laughs> Stinky. <laughs> <laughs> Always like Mad Libs, right? You got to be like. I was just thinking about, uh, I think you should leave where he's like, what do you want in the car? And he's like, Stinky. He's like, that's, he's like, you want that in a car? <laughs> I'm sorry, man. Did you say an adjective and I talked over you? No, no, I'm I'm blanking out. Why don't you pick it this time? Come on. Well, that's not how the game is that's played. That's not how the game works. Okay, okay. Um, um, gl- glittery. I like that. See, man, you had it there all along. <laughs> all right, let us hear the story, the tale. The Legend of Gelda, a Mad Lib story by co-producer Colleen, co-written by Amerigo Gazaway, and read to you by your favorite narrator, Doug McDonald. Once upon a time, there was a smelly kingdom that had been taken over by an evil sphinx named Manon, who wanted to control the kingdom's tostadas. Tired of Manon's ironclad rule, elf-like creature Dink and Princess Gelda set out to save their home. First, Dink and Gelda had to fight interesting platypuses in the Zorg forest. <laughs> then they had to scale Mount DiCaprio and face the liquefied school bus driver at the icy summit. <clears throat> Next, they bravely fought the messy mermaids of Lake Plitsavitsa <laughs> using only UFOs, giraffes, and their wits. Through the power of friendship, magical video games and a bit of luck dink and gelda sent manon back to the glittery hell from whence he came this time for good or did they the end wow that was a roller coaster of emotion for me that was that was insanely insanely well well produced well written yeah wow Uh, i think that could totally (laughs) I yeah. think we that need to turn be... that into like a Netflix series or something. I, I think Netflix could pick I that up. I think that, uh, you know, I mean, 
this is the new Stranger Things. Amerigo, <laughs> I have one last question to ask you, dude. And it's the most important question of the day. Where can people find you, follow you? Where can they find Radical Dreamers? All of your music, of course. Uh, but, you know, we talked about Radical Dreamers today. But, I mean, guys, listen to me. Everything Amerigo makes is fucking dope to listen to. Radical Dreamers just happens to be my current favorite project of his. Um, and I'll stop talking. Thank you, brother. Yo, thanks for having me on. It's been a pleasure. Uh, my name is Amerigo Gazaway. You can find me at amerigomusic.com. Um, social media, Amerigo Gazaway. Um, sometimes it's with a dot in between the Amerigo and the Gazaway. Sometimes it's not. Sorry. Sorry about that. I'll try to make it. I'll try to make it consistent at some point. But um, but yeah, amerigomusic.com, soulmatesrecords.com. That's my label. Uh, Radical Dreamers is my new uh, hip hop album, rap album with DJ DN3. Uh, I also just dropped a Christmas album. Well, actually, it's called another Christmas album. It's a follow up to my last Christmas album, which was called a Christmas album. So this one's called another Christmas album. Just came out last Friday. So if you're in the holiday spirit, go check it out. The first Christmas album was just uh, instrumental. This one is me rapping the whole way through. I got a couple features from Dylan, Napoleon the Legend, A1. Christmas rapping, you know, there's some funny songs on there. There's some heartfelt stuff, a little something for everybody. And, uh, and yeah, that's me. Thank you for having me on brother. It's been, been a pleasure catching up with you. Oh, it's, and, uh, it's been a pleasure. And I do, it didn't even occur to me. I probably should have mentioned that you do have a Christmas album coming out and this episode is coming out right before Christmas. So there you go. Perfect. You know, cop, Perfect timing. Cop, cop that. All right. Amerigo, man. Thank you so much for being on the podcast, man. Always a pleasure. Yeah. Likewise, bro. Let's keep in touch. Much love. Yo, what happened, man? Oh, my head. What is this place? Where am I? Shh, just relax. You found you passed out on the beach. But you shouldn't be moving too much here. Just take two with you. Yeah. Good music for the soul is what you're trying to find To ease the stress from the grind when it's time to unwind Then look no further, cause we got just what you need Doctor's orders, call me in the morning, take two of these And if you're having withdrawals from music addiction All you have to do is call, we can fill your prescription No symptoms, cause we got just what you need Doctor's orders, call me in the morning, rinse and repeat Check Always coming correct When most these so-called rappers Just mumbling under their breath See you and now In the presence of One of the best A lot was sacrificed to get here But we mustn't forget Behind the scenes Y'all don't see All the blood and the sweat Back in the day I used to dream about What could be next Getting daps like Thanks for the wonderful set Collaborating with Artists that I love and respect Never thought that hip-hop Would take it this far They thought I'd never make it But I'm headed straight for the stars This shit is hard AF You can feel the bass in your car No time to waste Seize the day and don't wait for tomorrow life is hard but we stay strong never getting discouraged you can do anything you want all it takes is some courage i put it all on the line every time that i rhyme for all the fans who stand in line with the vinyl sign if good music for the soul is what you're trying to find to ease the stress from the grind when it's time to unwind then look no further because we got just what you need doctor's orders call me in the morning